Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi friends and welcome to another edition of the Bleed Lost Podcast. This week's podcast is brought to you by our friends at TicketIQ.com. TicketIQ is a platform where they want to save you money so you can go to all the sporting events you want to go to. So, if you go to DodgersBeat.com, you go to the link tree, you're going to see an option there for TicketIQ.com. Click on that, and if you want to go to any of the upcoming Dodgers games, whether they're at Dodger Stadium or on the road, they will do whatever they can to help you save some money. So again, huge thanks to TicketIQ.com. Terms and conditions always do apply. Please see their websites for more details. But again, TicketIQ.com, huge thanks to them for the support. It's also brought to you by our good friends at Foco.com. I like knickknacks. I'm sure you like knickknacks. And I'm sure you'd like the Dodgers because you're listening to this podcast, right? Well, if you want to get all things Dodgers all the time, go to our friends at Foco.com. Their website has all the fandom, all the things you can think of too. Hats, slippers, shirts, everything. If you use the promo code Pod 10 you will save up to 10% on your purchase from whatever you're buying there on the website. So again, Foco.com. Huge thanks to them. As always, terms and conditions do apply. Please see their website for more details, foco.com. Thank you, guys. Well, this week we are joined by Jill Painter Lopez. She is an MLB Network uh, <coughs> excuse me, contributor. And, uh, you know, we kind of go down a, a, a few rabbit holes. We talk about the Angels, talk about the Dodgers, the Angels-Dodgers series. Uh, we go in a, a little bit on uh, 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 Trevor Bauer, uh, obviously Tacos. Uh, you know all, all all things that are going on right now in the game, and uh, we even talk about a uh, uh, you know the the should be MVP AL MVP AL Cy Young Shohei Otani, and uh, and we just kind of go down that rabbit hole, and also you know we talk trade deadline stuff. So without further ado, here is Jill Painter Lopez of MLB Network. Fans, this is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, and you are listening to the Bleed Lows Podcast with your hosts Alonso and Juan, with the baby face gimmick in the sky, Roger. And this week in the Carnesada, we are joined by Jill Painter Lopez. She is an MLB Network correspondent. She's also uh, an AP Sports uh, contributor, and she. She has a wide-ranging beat. So, Jill, thank you so much for joining us this week. Oh, thank you all. I certainly appreciate you having me on, and uh, always a good time to to talk baseball in August, right? Yeah. No, I mean we're 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 back at it, and we're not starting baseball in August this go around. So, I, I feel a lot better saying that. So, let, let's just get good into point. it. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> let's just get into it. We the the trade deadline just just passed, right? The Dodgers made some moves. Uh, the Angels uh, lost some guys, and I know that's in your beat. Uh, a lot of folks are, uh, are are excited about Trey Turner. We saw what Trey did this weekend, and that's the that that dude's fast. That's a bad man. Then you throw in the debut yeah. of Scherzer, with you know what kind of with your wide ranging cover. Do you think these are the moves that are going to kind of propel the Dodgers over the uh, the the snake bite of injuries that they have to kind of get them back to repeat? 
Well, if I had talked to you before I covered uh, today's game, which was the series finale of the Angels and Dodgers, I would have said yes. But then Justin Turner left today's game uh, with an injury. It just seems like they're so snake bit. I mean, just time and time and again. But uh, the good thing for the Dodgers is they have so many pieces. I mean, just an incredible uh, amount of talent up and down the lineup. And yes, they're having guys. I mean, it's just been a litany of, of injuries. You know, they're not the only team that's dealt with it. Um, but I would say that's probably the only reason that they're not, uh, in first, uh, in, in the NL West and that, you know, the giants tip your cap, they've had an unbelievable uh, season as well. So it's going to be an interesting race, uh, and, until the end, but, um, just looking at, at, at Scherzer and his first start, I mean, seven innings, 10 strikeouts for first curtain call of his career. I, I have no idea how that was the first one. This guy helped pitch the nationals to a world series championship. So how LA gave him his first curtain call. I don't know, but, and then Trey Turner, you know, has made two starts now. Uh, he's at the top of the lineup. Um, you know, I really liked Mookie Betts at the top of the lineup, but then you watch Trey Turner. I mean, this is where you're talking about an embarrassment of riches and he scored from first to first to home today. So it's like, I mean, his speed is unbelievable and uh, it just, it almost seems unfair um, but you know, the Dodgers aren't the only uh, team that can, can do this. It's just that they've so established a culture of winning in an organization that everybody wants to play there and you have a no trade, you're a 10 and five like Scherzer and you want to go, you want to go somewhere the West coast where it's warm and where they win. I mean, Dodgers is your, is your place. Jill, uh, so the, you talked about the Scherzer and the Turner acquisitions and we already saw you that that is paying off for the Dodgers. The one move that they didn't make that I think a lot of people are saying is maybe they needed to get a bullpen arm. Did they, I, there were rumors and I don't know how legitimate these rumors are. I mean, you cover both the angels and the Dodgers, but that there was conversations with the Dodgers and the angels about Raciel Iglesias. It was, is there any truth to that? And why didn't the angels get rid of Iglesias. I think they would have gotten at least something for him a, a lot more. I mean, are they planning on signing him? I mean, he is a free agent next year. It's, it's hard to tell. I mean, he was their biggest piece uh, that they could have moved at the trade deadline. I know they moved Heaney uh, who's with the Yankees. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what he can do there, but Iglesias has just been their one consistent arm in the bullpen and the problem, I think, too, well, for the Angels is they were on this island right up until the last two or three days where you literally didn't know if they were going to be buyers or sellers. And I don't think they really knew. They thought they were going to get Rendon back. He's obviously now, uh, you know, several days later, we find out he's going to be having a season ending surgery. Um, you're hoping to get Trout back uh, at some point as well. And those two guys are going to be figured to be like acquisitions. So uh, to be honest, I just don't know if there was uh, enough talk because they weren't quite sure what they were going to do yet and what moves they need to make. They were only five games out of second place going into the trade deadline. So I don't know how, you know, how much it, it would have happened or should have happened. But I mean, if you're another team uh, and you need that last piece, you need an arm in the bullpen like the Dodgers. I mean, you know, you, you push for Iglesias hard. He's had an incredible year with the Angels. So um, the answer to my, to your question is, I don't know. I, I can't believe uh, he's uh, still in Anaheim. How, uh, how would you say morale is in Anaheim? And the reason that I asked that is, is obviously Rendon goes down and you know, you, you lose Andrew Haney, former Dodger, by the way, briefly, albeit for about 37 seconds, but former Dodger nonetheless. 
And then wait, which he got on Twitter for that 37 seconds or whatever. Right. He did <laughs> right. His tweet about it was great to be a Dodger for 30 seconds. <laughs> and welcome to Orange County. <laughs> and yep. then uh, and then, you know, you, you have the Rendon situation. Trout, obviously, there's no doubt that, that that's the best the best player in baseball. Right. He's he's arguably the best player on the planet. And then you have Shohei Otani. But if the issue with it, too, is if, if those, you know, those two guys play in Anaheim, you know, the lack of, of postseason stuff, you know, those are the knocks against those guys. And it's unfortunate because those those two guys are legit. And in my humble opinion, Shohei Otani should be the AO, you know, MVP for sure. Cy Young, it, it's, you know, he could be, you know, right. He's in the conversation. Um, but all things considered, it's Anaheim and, and we're kind of here. So how's morale uh, as you kind of see it in Anaheim? It's tough to say because um, it, it, it's, it's a big show. I mean, there's a lot of interest, obviously, in Shohei Otani and, and what he's been able to do, um, you know, pitching and, and batting those 37 home runs and six and one record on the mound. I mean, he's fabulous. He's so fun to cover, um, you know, with Trout out of the lineup. He's been injured since uh, May 17th or so with that calf strain. It's, it's, it's difficult uh, you know, I would imagine it, it It sucks a little bit in that clubhouse. I, I wish uh, we would hear a little bit more from Albert Pujols about that because there's a guy who would, you know, could be comfortable talking about it now since he's not there anymore. And I think he would give great insight uh, into that clubhouse right now. Um, you know, I know Trout's really frustrated uh, with that calf injury. He's never had an injury that's kept him out this long. But let's look at the big picture. Trout just turned 30 yesterday. He's been to one playoff series in 2014 through no fault of his own. I mean, this is a three-time MVP who has carried that team, who has been so fun to watch, who gave a lifetime commitment to them, uh, and that team needs pitching. Now, they were doing okay starting pitching this year. I was surprised. I mean, they have some pieces with Bundy and Cobb and and Otani uh, pitching so well. So they've done okay. Uh, They just needed some bullpen help. And then the injuries when you got, you know, guys like Rendon and, and Trout out too long. Rendon had been on the injured list. This was his third time, very injury prone. Um, it's it's tough. It's It's got to be tough for those guys, especially, you know, somebody like Trout, who, again, he's been to one postseason series. I covered that in Kansas City in 2014. They got swept. They did nothing in that series, not just Mike Trout. I mean, everybody. It was just, you know, one of those series where you get your butt kicked and you're like, all right, let's get back at it next year and there hasn't been a next year since so um you know it's just tough to see who does not want to see otani and trout uh you know david fletcher who's been so good for them uh, joe adele who had a great night tonight um you know you want to see those guys make the you, you really do make the playoffs i don't care if you're a dodgers fan or not like who doesn't want to see otani in the playoffs and trout um so it's tough I don't, I don't know how good or bad it is uh, in the clubhouse right now, but um, I can't imagine it's easy. Well, and, and, and you bring up a, cu- a couple names there. You have Joe Adele and Ty Detmers who, who were just you know, called up. And I feel like to a certain degree, they may have been called up a little too late, if you will. Uh, that's just my opinion. But the farm is kind of scarce now in, in Anaheim. And, and they, you know, they really like, to your point, talking about Rasiel Iglesias, they could read Demers. I apologize. I, I, uh, I was thinking of Ty okay. Demers, like, yeah. football player, like quarterback. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that's you know, but, right. But you know, they have Brandon. I know they have Brandon Marsh and Chris Rodriguez and Sam and Sam Bachman. You know, not 
the 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 prospects if you will that that the dodgers have you know in their mm-hmm. farm but uh but they're trying to rebuild uh what right. you know what what's kind of the vibe as far as the farm goes there too and and obviously they could have you know they could have replenished but they didn't and not moving Rasil Iglesias who for sure probably would have got them all right well I mean I I think they also still believe very much in what they have and and you don't want to really sell the farm if you will either because the angels have had to you know it was slim pickings there for a while and they've had to rebuild their farm just like the Dodgers you know had to do at one point I mean it, the the farm uh, under the McCourt era uh, you know, it really kind of crumbled a little bit. So it's um, sketchy at best. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But look at how much homegrown talent the Dodgers have. I mean, up and down the lineup, but so many of those, those guys are homegrown talent. And, you know, I know that the Max Muncy's and the, and the Chris Taylor's, I mean, that's a great job of when other organizations have given up on those guys, uh, Justin Turner as well. So they've just, the Dodgers have had this great mix and I'm sure it's so hard to, to see that, you know, when you're in, in uh, Anaheim, to see what they've done, not only with their farm system and how it's improved, but the guys that they have signed who were, you know, another man's trash, one man's uh, trash is another man's treasure, right? And who have just become star all-stars. So that's really been um, very interesting to see. So, uh, you know, in Anaheim, I like the fact that it, that it didn't just like get rid of everybody. Uh, Joe Adele is going to be a star in this league, I think. Uh, Brandon Marsh. I mean, it's been like a, a treat to watch him. Uh, he made an incredible uh, sprinting catch over the over the shoulder at the wall today. Uh, Chris Rodriguez is starting uh, on uh, Tuesday in Toronto. We've seen Reed Detmers, as you mentioned, get in a couple of starts, and you know he's a few pitches away here or there. And and you know the, it's been what 674 home runs that Albert Pujols has hit, so it shouldn't you know shouldn't be a you know, too bummed about that or, or get too down on himself. We've, he's got some, he's got a great arsenal of pitches. So I think they have, you know, uh, they don't have the talented farm system that the Dodgers have, uh, but they've certainly got some pieces there. And so, you know, you keep Iglesias, you get a healthy trout back next year. Um, and, and again, these guys are still a game above 500. So they're not completely out of it. It's going to, they're going to have to jump a lot of teams to get that second wild card spot. So it's not likely but gosh, if you get Trout back in the lineup and you can protect Otani a little bit, and they could make a little run. Um, so we'll see. But uh, they've got pieces. I think it, it's just it's been too long. It's absolutely been too long. Twenty fourteen. You know, Trout's thirty. I mean, they got to get him back to the postseason. Jill, you mentioned him uh, over here. We're big fans of Theo Albert. How, you know, Alonzo and I talked about this. If, if Theo I'm Albert, still listening, by the way, yeah, yeah. if Theo Albert could hit 250 for us, for the Dodgers, Al, Alonzo and I can said, that's a win. You know, that that's exactly what we need him to do. You mean to tell me that he couldn't do that for the angels. He couldn't help that young team having a veteran presence like pool host, couldn't have helped the angels because I see the Dodgers, you got veterans on that team, but they all seem to love being around Theo Albert. What happened there with the angels? Did they just, I get it. You have Walsh. I I get it. It was going to be hard for pool host to find time to play on the field, but I I just still feel like the angels kind of dropped the ball. And I'm glad the Dodgers were able to capitalize it because I think Theo has been a very, very pleasant surprise for the Dodgers. He absolutely has. And the angels are paying a lot of money to watch this, what Albert Pujols is doing. 
Uh, and I'm sure that's tough. That's got to be tough to see, right? They've got 30, they're still paying 30 million of his salary this year. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, I mean, Pujols came here with a ton of expectations. He is on the back end of his career, right? I mean, what he did in St. Louis until 2011, um, that was the prime of his career. So he's on the back end of his career. He comes in with huge expectations, that huge, uh, you know, huge contract averaging out to 25 million a year. Um, he was great for Mike Trout. Those two are great friends and he has mentored him like he's a little brother. I mean, that relationship has been really awesome to see over the years. But how many guys can we say this about where they're just toiling away? They're not happy. They're not making the playoffs. And again, seven years ago was the last time they made the postseason. I mean, Albert's 41. He wants to get back to the postseason. So you don't think he's a lot happier sitting on the bench in that Dodger dugout than he was in the Angels dugout? I, I think there's a lot of things that helped. Now, it seems like from the veiled things that Albert has said, especially today uh, when he was uh, talking post game about, you know, hitting a, a home run against his former team today. Um, he won't tell you how probably, probably how much that means to him. Um, you know, he's a, he's a class guy and he, he would probably not say so, but I'm sure that meant a hell of a lot to him. And certainly by the way, he looked at that home run, he hit off poor Detmers got caught up <laughs> in that today, 418 foot home run hitting that at Dodger stadium against his former team that released him. I and mean, we were talking about a future hall of famer. That's tough. And I, it, it seems like from what he said that the angels did not communicate his role very well to him. Uh, and he was saying Andrew Friedman and Dave Roberts really, you know, they believed in him. They told him what his role was going to be right away. Uh, and he's just really flourished in that. And again, winning is fun. The Dodgers are winning. He's on a good, he's come to a good team. He is a piece to help them. He's not counted on as having to be the guy or the guy that you basically, I'm sure he felt like they kind of threw him away like trash. Right. And uh, so, the Dodgers so there is, didn't do that. There is bad blood then, right? As much as well, he wants to play it down, it seems like there is bad blood between pool hosts and what that angels front office did to him. Right. I'll tell you what he said today. He said, I have a great relationship with 95% of those guys. Okay, then. Well, oh, there you have it. Don't you want to? <laughs> and that's, hey, let's and talk that, about that five percent. <laughs> yeah, and 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 if there's one thing that no one can dispute about Albert, he's one of the classiest dudes in the game, and he won't throw anyone Absolutely. under the bus. Will never throw Absolutely. anyone under the bus. And I'm willing to bet that that ninety five percent, that five percent, is not anyone in the clubhouse. Correct. That that, yeah. that would be my belief. We we obviously can't say for sure. Right. But exactly. Uh, exactly. Jill Painter Lopez, uh, MLB network correspondent, uh, joining us. Uh, I I'm curious, uh, as far as, uh, how everything's panning out on both the American league and the national league, where we currently are in, in this, in the standings as of today, uh, who are your favorites to make it to the world series right now? Ooh, favorites to make it to the world series. <sighs> it's you never know, too early, by the way, to, to make that. <laughs> I want to say the Dodgers, but gosh, the NL West is just so stacked with the Padres and giants and the, I don't know how you're going to get out of there. I really, I really don't. Who's going to get out of there? Um, uh, I have to think the Dodgers have to be a favorite in the NL West. Oh, looking over the, uh, the AL teams, um, man, the White Sox are killing it, right? Um, 
the Rays are up there. Uh, I don't think the Yankees are going to get it, make the playoffs. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but they can't seem to stay COVID free. <laughs> and Houston and Oakland, I think are always kind of fun to, fun to watch as well. So I don't have one favorite coming out of the AL. I mean, the Dodgers should win the NL and they should win the world series again. They, they really should. You just look at their roster, but um, as they know, it, it, it's, it's hard and they've got a lot of competition just within their own division. So. And I'm glad you pointed out that way because I feel like a lot of people expect uh, uh, the Dodgers to just be running away with it. Right. But the yeah. NL West is so good that I think we're kind of taking it for granted. You know, like all those years, like we had Messi and Ronaldo in, in playing soccer, right? And everyone mm-hmm. was like, oh, either Team Messi, Team Ronaldo, but they didn't get a chance to like, in, you know, kind of soak in how good the, the soccer was, right? And I think right. that's kind of where we are right now with the NL West. You know, the, the Giants are legit. A lot of people thought they may have been a fluky team. And to a certain degree, I think they may be a little fluky, but now I think with them playing the way they are right now, there's no, there, there's no bones about it. They're legit. And, yep. uh, and to your point, as you said earlier, the, uh, the Dodgers have just been snake bin. you know, we've talked about it, uh, a ton, you know, but I mean, they're, they're four up on the Dodgers and that's still four up on the Dodgers. Right. But the fighting Padres, the, uh, the, the, the show pods, as we refer to them on this show, uh, they're, they're still right in, in the thick of things. But, uh, the, the other reason I kind of bring that up again is what if, you know, if, if the Dodgers, let's just say hypothetically, the Dodgers make it to the world series as does Houston. You, you saw kind of what happened there this week. There Obviously, there wasn't any, I wouldn't say any retribution or anything like that, but talking bad blood, there's for sure bad blood there. Do you think that that's going to continue for the foreseeable future, or do you think at some point that goes away for the Astros? I think it continues for the foreseeable future. I mean, look how, how long the Dodger fans, rightfully so, were harboring, um, you know, all that ill will and just waiting to kind of unleash uh, on those guys. And I don't think that's good. I mean, that kept a world series championship from, from the Dodgers. Right. I mean, so that that's not something you mess around with. And, and the Dodgers had such a huge drought, um, you know, going since, uh, 88. So, you know, we're talking 30 years and they finally, you know, won in the, the shortened 60 games pandemic season, which, um, you know, I know so many people put an asterisk by that, but I don't, the conditions were the same for everyone, same number of games, Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So I consider that uh, uh, you know it's not their fault. It was not a 162 game season. So um, so that was impressive. But again, you know, Houston uh, in the mind of so many uh, took that championship away. You know, without the trash cans, do they win? Who knows, right? I mean, we 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 don't know. We can't go back and, and play that out. So I do not think this is going going to go away anytime soon. Uh, it, that's not just a, a one series. It was, it was a two game series, right. That they split. Uh, I think these teams are, are very evenly matched. I think it's a fun, fun to watch them, you know, go at it. And, uh, um, I, you know, just, just one of the, I know the giants are their longtime rival, but, uh, Houston's the new, the new modern rival. Uh, and also that said, you know, Houston got caught the, because of the great lengths they were going to in this uh, cheating scandal. Um, but, you know, a lot of teams have, we're doing it, we're doing it, are doing it, whatever. But, uh, you know, they got caught and, and they're going to have to pay the price with, with, uh, with Dodger fans for a long time. I'm not going away anytime soon. You know, it's interesting that you say that, Jill, because earlier in the week, Buster only agreed with you, basically said this was going to follow the Astro players every, for the rest of their career. But then Mm -hmm. Joey Votto earlier this week said that 
we need to stop booing the Astros because Joey Votto said it's not like they were the only ones doing it. And we just recently had Andy Martino on, who was the, the, the author of the book Cheated. And in his book, there are many accusations about a lot of teams who have consistent postseason success. The Yankees, the Red Sox, the Brewers, and the Dodgers are in there. Now, there hasn't been anything concrete that has come out against the Dodgers saying the Dodgers did this. There are stories about their use of the replay room. But if something comes out and it shows that the Dodgers were cheating just as much as the Astros, us Dodger fans, we got to let it go then, right? Because <laughs> Babyface was with us. We were at the game on Wednesday, okay? I We're leaving the stadium, and there's this poor Astros fan there just getting just lambasted by Dodger fans, right? And his defense was, yeah, who cares? Everybody cheats. Everybody cheats. So it, it seems to me that what makes me really nervous is if something does come out about the Dodgers, are we going to sit there and have the same criticism that we had for the Astros for our own team? And look, Lance McCullers was one of the guys who was on that 2017 team. And Lance McCullers handed it to the Dodgers on Tuesday. Lance yeah. McCullers was just like he was pitching in that 2017. So for all the Dodger fans who say, hey, bring on the Astros. We want the Astros in the World Series. Just be careful what you wish for, because <laughs> we still can't hit Lance McCullers. And it, if he's cheating, it was at Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Oh, he was dealing now. He's he's a talented He's a talented pitcher and it was, uh, yeah, it was his night. He just, uh, man, they couldn't do anything against him. So you got to tip, tip your cap in that situation. Um, yeah, look, we could sit there and say like, well, the Dodger has the Dodgers cheated, has, you know, the Boston Red Sox, has, you know, Tampa Yankees, whoever, like, I mean, we, we just don't know. It, it, it's like when you, there's probably many guys who got away with doing steroids, right. That didn't get caught. So uh, we can't, we can't revise history. Um, I guess if, if it happens, we'll have to, to see, um, you know, I, and now they're on to, uh, now they're onto the sticky stuff anyway. So that's our new, that's the new thing. So it's always going to be something, right? Baseball does a, I say this regularly. They have a fantastic way of getting in their own way. It's, it's incredible, but it is what it is. Like, there's not a whole lot you can do about it because, you know, the, the the unwritten rules trump the written rules to a certain degree, if you will. So that's just right. kind of a part of it. Uh, I, uh, you know, as, as kind of back to, to Otani. Mm -hmm. Otani's a, a, you know, he, he has the potential to be kind of a, a, a once in a, I don't want to say, uh, you know, I mean, he, he could be a generational talent. You know, there's just yep. another way to put it. Do you think that, uh, you know, if, you know, that obviously everyone's high on him, uh, you know, he has the potential to, to win the double this year, even do you think him playing in Anaheim to a certain degree, kind of, kind of like the trout effect, if you will, that it kind of kills what, what he could be as far as being kind of everywhere, uh, you know, with ESPN, with, you know, all the publications of the whole bit, or do you think that it, that it's being covered enough, if you will, if that makes sense? I, I think he's being covered enough. I really do. Um, especially internationally. He is, I mean, he was a huge star when he came here, when a lot of people didn't know a lot about Otani. I mean, they knew the Dodgers wanted him. They knew the angels wanted him. He had about five teams that he was uh, willing to go to. Um, 
and of course, American League with a DH made a lot of sense uh, for him. Uh, you know, otherwise, who knows? The Dodgers <laughs> might have uh, gotten him as well. But I think he's just I don't think it matters that he, he plays uh, in Anaheim. That's not a playoff team, if that's what you mean. I mean, Anaheim is is uh, I mean, look at all the stars they've attracted from from Pujols to Rendon to Trout to Otani. So it's not like we're talking about, you know, Kansas City. Uh, or something of that nature. Um, he's just is such a bright star and he's really come out of his shell, I think. And so um, if you want to talk about like MVP, for example, uh, I think he's the runaway MVP. Yes, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. is having a great year as well, but is he also six and one with a sub three ERA on the mound? No, uh, he can't be, right? I mean, we're seeing something, like you said, as a generational uh, talent, maybe a once in a lifetime uh, talent in what, in what Otani is doing this year, uh, 37 home runs, 82 ribbies. Um, you know, it was, it was a, a bummer. We only saw him, um, you know, in this Dodger series pinch hitting, um, you know, because he had just gotten hit with that foul ball in the dugout. Um, so keeping, you know, keeping him safe and you don't have the DH from the NL. So uh, man, I wanted to see him, uh, you know, in that lineup. And of course he pitched Wednesday in Texas. So, his star didn't fall against, I would have, wouldn't you have loved to seen, seen him, um, what a series that would have been, uh, you know, him pitching to that lineup with Turner and, and Taylor and Muncie and, and uh, Turner and Turner. And um, I, I just think what he's doing and the way he goes about his business, he's not arrogant, he's not cocky, he's always smiling, he's always apologizing to guys if, you know, the littlest thing happens. He's so much fun and he's fast. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take an inning, you know, his first inning, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think against, uh, uh, Oakland, it was, <clears throat> or Colorado, excuse me. Uh, you know, he strikes out, uh, he didn't strike out the side. Sorry. He retired the side in the first inning. Then he goes out, bats second, gets an RBI single steals second scores a run. I'm like, this game's an inning old. The guy's uniform's already dirty by the time he gets to the mound. I'm like, this is amazing. Um, so uh, again, I think I think uh, what he's doing is AL MVP, like undeniably. And let's remember, Mike Trout has won the uh, MVP award three times. Only one time in 2014 was when he went to the postseason. So people haven't held that against, held that against Trout. Uh, because I mean, yes, he's arguably the best player in baseball. Um, so I don't think they're going to hold that against Otani because what he's doing is pretty impressive. He can't do everything and get, I mean, you need five starters in the rotation. You need a bolt, which, you know, they've been pitching pretty, pretty well, but they don't have that bullpen. Um, and they've had a lot of injuries, uh, you know, in that lineup. So uh, I just, I don't think you can hold it against him. I will be shocked if he does not win uh, AL MVP. Hey, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think that's one of the things that's not talked about enough about Otani is his base running mm -hmm. because that guy goes from first to third. He's very impressive for that skill set. So just to clarify, the reason why we didn't see him in, in these interleague games, has he been playing the field? Because I, I know you mentioned that he got he took a foul ball. So is that why we didn't see him in the field this weekend? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, he usually is in the DH spot anyway, but he can play right. He can play first. Um, I think they were just being cautious with him. 
so that's why he wasn't in the starting lineup. He just pinch hit all three of those games. So it was because of that recent uh, injury where, you know, foul ball comes streaming into the dugout. He did this, clipped off his hand, and I think they were just being uh, extra cautious. Now, he was still able to pitch uh, on Wednesday in Texas, uh, and so he's fine. Um, but, you know, without the DH, you have to sit there and say, you know, is it worth, you know, having him play first or right field, possibly, you know, injuring himself? And that, that's just the, the call that Joe Madden had to make. But, um, yeah, I would have I would have I would have loved to have seen it. So seeing him figure into the series a little bit more, that's for sure. Well, just to go back on, on, on this series and, and when talking about the trades and the, and the fact that you still feel pretty that the Dodgers are the team to beat with all the moves the Dodgers made with the exception of maybe not getting a bullpen arm. And I think getting Corey Knable back next week might be their big trade acquisition in, mm-hmm. in, in the bullpen. I can't blame Friedman for this. I mean, Friedman did everything to try to make this team better. But with all these moves, what if that is not enough? What if that's not enough? Because What if the Dodgers still end up having to play in the wild card game? Because I think you can say they have the best roster in Major League Baseball, but they're not the best team in Major League Baseball. And watching that game on Friday was extremely frustrating. To lose in extra innings, they're one in twelve in extra innings. They have a terrible uh, one run, uh, run uh, win loss record. You know, you sit. It, it's just. It seems like this. We watch this team every day, every game this season, and it seems whenever they have good pitching, the hitting doesn't show up. You have good pitching and hitting, but then the bullpen lets them down. It always seems that there is one aspect of this team that is not clicking. On Friday night. Now, I get it. I get it because I know right now fans are like, really? This team is 22 games over 500 and you guys are complaining? A lot of the complaints that we get about this show is that we are panic bros, but it is August. And for every time someone tells me, don't worry, the Giants are going to come back to earth. They're going to come... I don't see it. The Giants just took two out of three out of a Milwaukee Brewers team that is very good and that Mm -hmm. has beaten the Dodgers three out of four times. So tell me, why should I not panic about the Dodgers? What are you seeing in the Dodgers that I don't see that I'm freaking out that they're going to be in the wild card? (laughs) Well, first of all, there's 50 games left. Uh, If you want to panic with 50 games, you're going to have a long, stressful (laughs) August and September. That's for sure. They always seem to put it together when, when, when they need to. Let's remember Clayton Kershaw is still out and you can freak out about hopefully he's going to be back in September, right? I guess you could freak out about that. Uh, you had Justin Turner out of the lineup, but again, they got so many guys, uh, you know, on the bench that could come in. Gavin Lux is on a rehab assignment. Um, I mean, guys are just going in and out. I really feel like by the end of the year, you're just going to have everybody kind of collectively as a group come back. I mean, Clevenger, you're talking about another arm in the bullpen, just went on the IL today. I just think there's so many moving pieces that like you would hope that by the end of the year, everybody's healthy. And as, as uh, it was pointed out um, uh, here, I think by Alonzo or, or was it you best roster, but maybe not the best team. Well, I think you say that because I mean, well, first of all, their record one in 12 in, in, in uh, extra inning games, that's not good. But I think we say that too, because of, 
of, you know, Bellinger. Uh, he's homered in the last two games, but he has not been himself this year. And we're talking about a former NL MVP who's really struggled to hit. I mean, it's been bad. Um, and so maybe he's finding himself. So I think all these things are probably uh, come together by October. I, I really do. And, and let's be honest, you'll lose a guy like Trevor Bauer uh, for the, you know, the uh, paid administrative leave that he's on and the situation that he's dealing with. And he's obviously not going to be pitching in a Dodger uniform again, not official, but nobody believes that that will happen. And then you just replace him with Max Scherzer. And then bonus, it's so funny because everybody talks about Max Scherzer. It's like, you got Trey Turner in that deal too. I mean, the speed that he has, like we're talking about Otani's speed, Mookie Betts' speed, Trey Turner's speed on the base paths. It's like, it's just, I feel like the Dodgers have like an embarrassment of riches. And I really feel like they will put it together. Um, You know, winning the World Series last year, the confidence that those guys have, the belief that they're just going to be able to, to go out and do it. So, yes, the Giants are up by four. And I'm sure for the Dodgers, when you're winning and the Dodgers or sorry, the Giants, excuse me, are continuing to win, like in Milwaukee, you're like, hey, I'm, I'm beating the Angels. And, and what, how are you? <laughs> you're doing the same thing, you know, against Milwaukee. So it's it seeming like they haven't been able to, to catch up a little bit, uh, but I think, I think they will. I mean, it'll come down to the last week of the season and I, I can't, I can't wait for that. Those pennant races at the last week of September are pretty awesome. And, and speaking of Trevor Bauer, I mean, the foregone conclusion is he, he's not a Dodger anymore. I mean, that, that, that's just kind of, you know, the, obviously they haven't come out and said that, but that's the foregone conclusion. But right. From from everything kind of that you've that you've been that you've heard that you've been around, is that the general sense that you're kind of gathering from everyone there? Obviously, this just to point out, he's under investigation. That's right. that's the, uh, the the key component there because he is, even though he's on administrative leave, he is off the forty man roster. So that's why they have that extra that extra roster spot. So, right. uh, but is that is it is it safe to say that's the foregone conclusion that it's it's Ixnay on the Trevor Bowery? Yeah, they don't get back. They don't go out and get Max Scherzer. They don't need Max Scherzer if 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 they have if they think Trevor Bauer, if they think they want him back, if they think he's gonna come back. If this situation, this alleged assault situation with Trevor Bauer hadn't happened, why do they need Max Scherzer? Right. So, I mean, I guess maybe they could have still gone after him, but um, it's just uh, from there's a, a report that you know, none of the players want him back and, you know, they unfollowed him on social media. And it's just, um, you can't be the kind of organization. I'm sure that there's, you know, some organization will give him another opportunity probably because he's so good at what he does, uh, pitching. Um, but it's, it's certainly not going to be with, with, uh, the Dodgers again, it's not official, but I, I them going out to get Max Scherzer's Scherzer was probably the, the nail in, in, uh, his coffin. And let's not forget, they also acquired Danny Duffy and also just signed Cole Hamels. So the embarrassment of riches continues. But I mean, mm-hmm. what that tells me too, though, is they they want to keep that depth in case you know in case something goes sideways. So mm-hmm. so yeah. So I mean, all all uh, all points out to you. And then uh, as far as uh, as far as the the Cody Bellinger thing, it's been interesting to see that just because that dude. I mean, that dude when he's on, he can rake. And every, I mean, we're all high on him here. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's one of those things, what, what, you know, what do you think? Uh, and it was interesting to see that tweet that, that, uh, 
uh, that went out over the weekend about him as well, as far as, uh, uh, you know, kind of his limitations, as far as who he's going to be facing. So do you think it's a matter of, Hey, we need to give him some time off and kind of let him regroup or, or what do you think the vibe, the general vibe is with Cody right now? Well, I, I think that like, like Dave Roberts was saying today, he's seeing that swing returning. So whatever the vibe might have been, Um, I mean, he never found himself like on the outside looking in, he's still in the lineup. He was batting, you know, eighth or ninth, um, or seventh, eight or nine. So he just got moved all the way down the lineup. Um, I, I mean, if I was a manager, I probably would have sat him a little bit more, um, because I mean, the guy wasn't hitting. So the, the things you can say about Cody Bellinger, he works hard. You don't see him throwing temper tantrums. He plays defense like a maniac. I mean, he has not let that been, he has not. Uh, seemingly let that carried over. Now I remember there was that error uh, a week or two ago when he was playing first base. That was, that was really bad when he airmailed it. Um, but other than that, he's really played, uh, you know, great defense. So there that you can say that for him and he's trying to work his way out every single baseball uh, player, whether you're uh, trout or Pujols or whoever you are, you're going to go through these slumps. Now his has been much prolonged. Um, but I don't think anybody in the organization is down on him. I don't think anybody doesn't think he's going to be able to figure it out. Uh, tonight he had a hard hit line out to right field. And then later he hit the home run, you know, home runs in consecutive days. He's only got seven for the year, but it really seems like he's starting to, to find a little rhythm at the plate. So he's never found himself with, uh, you know, he hasn't had the kind of attitude or anything where he's found himself out of the lineup and, you know, I'm buried on the bench. That hasn't happened because you know, that's, you know, Bellinger is just like a kid having fun playing baseball and this stretch has not been fun for him, but he looks like he's finding his way out of it. Jill, I, I, I gotta ask you this because I, I find it really interesting. The LA times seems to be <clears throat> the only one uh, that seems to be coming after Bauer that has been critical uh, of Bauer. Uh, they had a story recently that said that none of the players want him back in the dugout. Uh, just a few weeks ago, we had Starling Castro of the Washington Nationals have a domestic violence issue. And the Nationals came out and were very adamant. They stand against domestic violence. They were very swift in their actions against Starling Castro. My question to you is, is I feel the Dodgers have been dragging their feet a little bit on this power, and I get it. They're waiting for the investigation, and to my understanding, they're probably waiting because they're going to fight him on this contract. They're going to fight him. It's going to go into some disputes so they don't have to pay him what they owe him for the rest of this contract. But my question to you, you used to work for the Daily News. You were a columnist, and you were also a reporter. This marriage that Major League Baseball has in particular with ESPN and other aspects of the media where they're partners, how can you be partners with someone and then truly be objective in how you're covering the story? Because to hear major voices for ESPN, Buster Olney, Jeff Passan, be kind of quiet on this whole Trevor Bauer situation, it just speaks to the amorality that is in not only just in baseball, I think in all of sports. So how, how, as a consumer of this, how are we supposed to react to this? Are we just supposed to just be indifferent to it because, A, it's just the game? Meanwhile, this poor woman had her skulls fractured. 
Yeah, that's a good question. You bring up a lot of, of, of good points. And I mean, I certainly, I guess I can't speak to other media outlets and how they're handling the coverage. Um, but I will give this example. And for, for Castro, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was his second domestic violence issue. Is that correct? I, I'm, not, I, I'm not aware on that. Okay. I think he had had an issue before. Um, I'm not positive. So don't quote me on it either, but, but that, you know, so if you've got a, a, a second one, if that's the case, I can see that different organizations certainly have different uh, policies and procedures and how they handle it. But I want to go back to um, the NFL and organizations over the last 10 years have really had to refine their domestic violence protocol. And I mean, it used to be that it just, it was swept under the rug, right? I mean, let's go back to the NFL and Ray Rice. And that was never a quote unquote problem until the video surfaced of him dragging his wife out of the elevator by her hair. Then the public got involved and it's like, why is this guy playing? You know, when you actually see this for whatever reason, I I don't know why. And it's a huge problem, but whenever something is talked about and it's, it's alleged it, it, if there's not video or text messages or something to corroborate, so many people don't seem to care. Uh, it, it's a problem. Um, so again, in the Trevor Bauer case, we've seen text messages um, it, uh, and we've seen a picture, right? So I guess I can't speak to how to, other media outlets are covering it, but I think in general as a whole, uh, you know, we still have a lot of work to do. Um, Yes, it's also true that we need to let the investigative process also happen. Um, teams deal with lawyers who say you can say this, you can say you can't say that. But I really do think that organizations in general uh, need to take a much bigger stand uh, on this. And it sucks that it's taken so long. It sucks that it's still, you know, going on. But the investigation by the Pasadena Police Department has been going on for a long time as well, right? These incidents happened, I believe, in May. So, you know, it's it's it sucks for everybody involved. It really does. But we, as a society, not just in sports, I mean, we just can't tolerate uh, domestic violence, assault, anything of that nature. We can't tolerate what happened today with a racial epithet being yelled uh, at a major league baseball player in a park. There's so much that we need to do to be better at. Um, so I guess I'm talking in generalities there. <laughs> no, and I <laughs> no, appreciate I appreciate you at least addressing it because this mm-hmm. is the you brought something up that it's just like we can't be tolerant of these situations, right? Right. Well, how how are we going to do that if we don't talk about it? Right? Isn't yeah. talking about it addressing the fact that we are not going to tolerate? And I'm I'm just I find that it's too easy for people to say, oh, that's politics. This is just a sport. I don't want don't bring politics into this. Is this really a political thing? I mean, this is we are talking about, you know, if this happened to someone you knew, I don't think you would be sitting there saying, uh, who cares? It's just a sport. You know, can't we just focus what's on? I don't know what the right or wrong answer is, but it's just something that you just said right now. We can't be tolerant of it. All right. Well, if we can't be tolerant of it, then we have to talk about it. Right. Well, but you're right. I think talking. Sorry about that, guys. I think talking about it. 
I'm so passionate about this. <laughs> I think talking about it is, I mean, let's look at, uh, you know, Watson of, uh, of the uh, Houston Texans, right? right. Uh, let's look at the situation he's involved in. One woman speaks out, two women speak out. What, 20-something women have spoken out? What is the answer to, uh, to that? Um, you know, I don't know. Is he going to be playing for Houston this year, I guess? Um, you know, that's another situation that's a little bit, um, dicey, but I, I think that we are doing a much better job of, of women coming out and talking about, uh, you know, problems, alleged assaults much more than, than happened 10 and 20 years ago. So in the last 10 years, we're getting better, still a lot of work to do, but at least I think we, as a society, we, as you know, major league baseball as organizations are certainly more receptive and taking these allegations seriously. And also just to follow up real quick, uh, uh, Jill, that responsibility, I think also falls on the men in the industry uh, talking about this, right? We can't just put this all on, okay, we have a female guest on now. We can ask her these questions. We should be talking about these issues, right? Because at that point, it, it, it's kind of a way of supporting this, right? Mm-hmm. And well, and, and you guys are, are uh, you can tell supportive of organizations doing something when you have incidents like this. So you're, you're talking about it. You're asking me about it, your other guests. And, and, you know, the other thing too, is when, when they're role players or bench players, it's not going to get as much media attention When you're talking about a former Cy Young winner and a superstar who's getting paid, what, $38, $40 million this year, uh, this case is high profile and everyone's going to be talking about it. Um, So it's unfortunate. The situation is unfortunate for everybody involved, that it happened, that we have to deal with it. Um, It's unfortunate for everyone involved again, but... Uh, you're right. The fact that we're talking about it is, is a good thing. And the fact that it's uh, in um, in society that we can talk about these things and that people aren't afraid to talk about it or file a police report, um, you know, or go or go that day or the next day to the hospital uh, and get examined, um, you know, because, you know, whether you're working at a bank or pitching for a major league baseball team, like these things happen in, in all corners of, of life and, and in industries. So, uh, I am glad to see that, uh, you know, we're taking steps forward. Um, are we there yet? No, but um, like you're talking about it. You asked me about it. So um, that's a good thing. And uh, and to clarify, Starling Castro has had two, uh, two uh, mix-ups, one in 2011 and this most recent one. Okay. So, yeah. So I think that's why they felt, uh, I don't know if the word is comfortable, mm-hmm. but being able to make it a swift decision like that, like, okay, now this is the second strike, right? All right, Jill. So we usually wrap up the show. We're all about taco culture here. This is going to be a very odd transition here after this conversation that we had. But we're all about taco culture on this show. But before I get to that, I do tacos. To... Oh, now you're talking my language. But before we get to the tacos, I have to <laughs> okay. ask you, you are a wine consultant. 
I am. So can you talk to me about uh, your <laughs> I life? Was noticing wine? That wine, by the way, that's one of the first thing I'm like, what kind of wine does he have back there? <laughs> well, is I'm that wine? I, I'm I, usually, I don't I'm have a, any, any booze over here. I can be judged by. So that the, there is great. some wine, but I'm more of a tequila guy myself. <laughs> okay. So, so, but no, I'm the, curious the tequila about vodka, all that. your t- talk to me about your wine consulting side gig here. Okay, so my friend and who you will know uh, very well, Alana Rizzo, who's also a Dodger reporter, uh, she's really into wine and she started as a wine consultant. A lot of our baseball friends had started. I bought uh, the wine from Alana, loved it. It's, um, this wine is, is different because it's no added sulfites or sugars. Uh, a lot of it's, um, you know, many of the bottles have less than a gram of sugar. So for me, you don't feel the guilt if you have a glass or two, because you're not putting a bunch of sugar or carbs, it's low in carbs as well. No pesticides, no chemicals. So it's, uh, you know, a female owned company. I just love everything about it. It's called Scout and Cellar. So I got into it because I ordered the wine from Alana. There are a bunch of baseball people. There's a former major league pitching coach, former major league player, baseball and wine just seem to go together. I mean, look at Dave Roberts has his own label with the uh, rich Aurelia, the, uh, red stitch label. Um, Dusty Baker. So yeah, so it's Dusty Baker, exactly. Um, so a wait, lot of there's athletes. a whole wine subculture in Major League Baseball, and I'm oh, yeah. barely discovering it now. It's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, huge deal. Yeah, you know why they drink yeah. it is because it, it, a lot of them are just like it's better than getting you know a bunch of beer in your system. It, it kind of gets through you a little quicker, so that's a part of the reason why. The more you yeah. know, one, the more you. Know. I know. A, I know a pitching coach who. Um, who is like a huge wine connoisseur. And he, um, like a lot of the time on flights, like guys will go up to him, you know, on their chartered flights and be like, all right, I want a case of red or whatever. Surprise me order from, you know, somewhere in Napa or whatever. And like, so in his free time, like he, he loves, you know, researching different vineyards and like Napa and stuff. And, um, I just think that, you know, it's kind of cool. Everybody's got to get, take their mind off baseball for a little bit. And, um, you know, whether it's wine or golf or, or whatever it is. Um, but wine does seem to be a huge wine and golf seem to be huge passions of, of baseball players. So whenever Alana comes on the show, then we can go ahead and ask her about this and say, Hey, well, Jill told us that you got her hooked on wine. So, Oh, hooked on wine. (laughs) She'll, you know what? She'll respond and say, she got me uh, to be not hooked anymore on like barefoot rosé and stuff oh. like that. <laughs> oh, okay. I used to drink that. That stuff was like uh, candy. Um, it's so much sugar and carbs and, and that stuff. But uh, uh, no, she's very public about uh, that. She's a wine consultant as well. It's it's something fun to do in in uh, your spare time, and I enjoy introducing people to it. So I'll send you my link after the show. All right. Well, here we go. We end every show. We're all about the taco culture. So I know Perfect. you're from I know you're from Colorado, but you've spent a good amount of time here in Southern California, right? Mm-hmm. So Absolutely. we need to know what is your favorite taco and what is the, the go to taco spot for you here in Southern California? Can it be my house? So my husband. Hey, uh, sure. Is- I, we've heard that before. He makes the, he's the uh, Rams uh, radio analyst uh, for their Spanish broadcast. And he makes the best tacos. They're, they're my favorite tacos, fish tacos, whatever. And during the pandemic, uh, Taco Tuesday was my favorite day. We remember when we were in lockdown and so um, loved those. I don't necessarily have like the, a hidden gem. 
where I go and I'm like, I have to go here for the best tacos. Um, but I love, there's a restaurant, uh, it's, it's more of a, I guess a fancier place, but it's called Joey's in Woodland Hills. They have one in downtown LA. They have mm. really good shrimp tacos. I love shrimp tacos. Um, but I wish I had a hole in the wall place. Um, so, so you, when see, your you might husband, be able to help me out. So when your <laughs> husband is making you tacos, is it what kind of fish or is it the shrimp? Is the shrimp what he's making you? It's shrimp tacos. It's fish. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I think it's all the stuff that's in the actual taco that helps along with the fish and the shrimp. Uh, it's the lettuce, it's the cream. It's if he makes a sauce to go with it, it's, and he would always do something to Chipotle. You know, what's interesting. My, my mom was Italian. And so I, she made tacos growing up, but they weren't like real tacos you would consider to be real authentic tacos okay. right tell, were, tell me why they aren't real tacos tell me why they're not i real mean tacos. a hard shell for example okay. all right that's She's not using a real the hard... taco right yeah uh-huh. but i i loved them but i never had chipotle on anything mm-hmm. uh, we just didn't use chipotle and so when i came to california i think chipotle makes makes a taco just absolute perfection and so um i think uh anything chipotle and shrimp chipotle and fish but I need to get a favorite spot from you guys so that I can have some more of the best authentic tacos that are outside my house. I, I will tell you this, since you brought up fish tacos, because you are a second fish taco, I think uh, Jorge Castillo was another fish taco guy. And it was because he didn't give us a, a place either. He would go to his girlfriend's house and they would have fish tacos there. So <laughs> was that in Miami? No, it was here was in this- L.A. Because oh, he had- okay. He had no clue what a Mexican was until he came to California and he ended up being engaged to one. So that's how we (laughs) discovered. But for me, my favorite fish taco place is a place called uh, Tacos Baja. And there's there's a couple of uh, locations in Whittier. Uh, There's locations. I I don't know where else, but those uh, fish tacos are almost like the ones you just described that your husband makes. Okay. So if you're for fish tacos and if you're ever this far down south, uh, I strongly recommend that you go there and I recommend the grilled. I know a lot Ooh. of people like breaded, but if mm, you go a la parrilla, that's that's the way to go for fish tacos. So we don't have that many great taco places in the valley, I don't think, or I just don't know about them or I haven't found the taco trucks <laughs> I need to find. Right. We just I mean. You know, there's a lot of places, I'm sure, in Los Angeles. Uh, or you're talking about Whittier? The yeah, Tacos I mean, places. it's L.A. County. It's L.A. County. It's getting you're heading towards Orange County when you're going towards Whittier. But this is why we're doing this as a service to our to the people of Southern California, Jill. That This is why we have this segment on the show. And I don't have any uh, fish taco spots that I like because I don't like fish tacos. And that's not what? enough. I'm, well, I'm, I'm not a fan of them. I'm not a fan of seafood. Oh, oh OK, well. That makes sense. So what kind of, what, where's your favorite taco spot? So there's a taco truck called the uh, taco zone on uh, Montana street in LA. Uh, okay. It's really good. Uh, I had guisados uh, before the last, the bleed loss. I'm going to low key call a takeover when we were there. <laughs> uh, they have really good chorizo. They have really good al pastor. Okay. Um, that, that's like the, that's the sort of stuff I like, like al pastor chorizo, 
carnitas, stuff like that. That that's that's a uh, you know because in Mexico obviously the food's regional. So where we're from, mm-hmm. Mexico, it's it's that stuff. You know, carnitas. I love lengua too, but it's just it, I'm I'm I, I'm really I haven't really had any good lengua tacos in a really long time. So I've been having a hard time like kind of pinpointing that. But that's just okay. because to make lengua is an art, in my humble opinion. Okay, and what part uh, of Mexico? Are you uh, Durango. Okay. Yeah, so it's and we're landlocked. So that's another reason why seafood isn't uh, uh, a thing there, because the closest uh, ocean to us would be in Sinaloa, which is like three or four hours south or something. Like that. So, so again, it's I'm not a huge fan of it, but uh, but like I said, I mean, my go-to when I'm you know when 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 around and, and I just need a spot, I go to tacos on that. That place slaps. They have really really good uh, al pastor and carnitas. Okay, cool. But on that I'll note, try this as well, please. Yes, and then when you do, let us know, and just we'll see if it compares with your husband's tacos. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I have to say no, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> for biased reasons. Uh, but on that note, Jill, where uh, where uh, can the people find you on the socials and whatnot? Well, thank you for asking about that. So Twitter is at Jill Painter, J-I-L-L-P-A-I-N-T-E-R. And Instagram is Jill Painter Lopez. Uh, what else? I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, everything, but those are the two that for my sports stuff, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And if they want to find me for wine stuff, they can go to scoutandseller.com slash Jill Painter. So we have a bunch of great, uh, great wines, or they can message me on Twitter, Instagram if they want to try. And there we have it. Jill Painter Lopez, MLB correspondent, wine consultant, not sommelier though, right? We, we can't say yeah. sommelier. I don't know if but no, I, I won't know in my lifetime enough about wine to become a sommelier. <laughs> so I just know I like to drink it if I know if I like it or if I don't like it. So um, now and I have fun. Uh, I have fun trying new wines, but definitely not there yet. No. Well, we really appreciate the time. We appreciate going down the, uh, the rabbit hole of wine, baseball and all things, the uh, tacos as well. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, Jill. All right. Thanks, Juan Alonzo. Roger, appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. There you have it. Huge thanks to Jill Painter Lopez. She is she's a great uh, a follow. She is a great follow, I should say. Uh, for those of you that are going to be asking, I sound like this because the smoke where I live is garbage and I'm not having a good time, nor are my allergies, nor are my lungs. So I apologize if I don't sound like myself, Alonso. So with that said, though, thank you guys for joining us listening subscribing reviewing and rating us we really appreciate it if you haven't done any of that please do so as always you can follow us at bleed pod on instagram and twitter so please give us a follow but we will catch you down the road stay safe and go dodgers Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.